Davidson's has two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, and they're locally owned with a massive selection to get anything you want from our favorite, Breck Brews, to really anything you could possibly imagine. Hit up Davidson's today. You can download their app for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program and get yourself ready to be stuck inside. Let's jump into the show. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Use the code DNVR20, you know it, to get 20% off your online order of Strava Craft Coffee. No need to go to the store to stock up on coffee. Just hit up Strava and have them send it straight to your door. Quarantine pod edition, day three. Good to see you guys. It's always a nice way to brighten up my morning to uh, see your smiling faces (laughs) when do we stop counting the number of quarantine pods <laughs> i'm gonna do keep, we get to like 20 and we just call it off or i'm gonna keep doing it so anyone who tunes in for the first time realizes that this is not the way our podcast normally is okay <laughs> this is uh this is the first episode where we are in a stay-at-home order pod yeah, I have to admit, guys, uh, the stay-at-home order has changed my life in zero ways. <laughs> I, I haven't been going anywhere anyway. Um, but, yes, so that's, uh, that's the world we're living in right now. Um, it's a world of suck, indeed. Yes, <laughs> it definitely is. I saw, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet last night, but I posted out, I said, uh, we really need sports back because there was a bottom line uh, item on ESPN that said news New Orleans Aquarium names new penguin Zion named, no. after, <laughs> named after Pelicans forward due to his generosity in the community oh my gosh yeah yeah we need sports back I was like man they are really scraping the barrel <laughs> and we're not even scraping the barrel I feel like we've, we're keeping on I know it. it, it feels good Although, I mean, one of the things I think that's kind of kept us going is understanding that, okay, we had free agency right now. And as of this moment, the draft is still scheduled to take place at its previously scheduled uh, dates in late April. But what did you guys think of uh, what, what came down last night that uh, while the league wants the draft to remain there, it seems like some of the GMs uh, don't want it to remain on, that, on those dates. Well, aren't the GMs essentially the bosses of everything? I mean, they are Roger, or, or no, I guess I would be the owners. But I, I would imagine if the GMs want it pushed back, why, why, why is the NFL not willing to do that? Probably because they see what free agency has looked like over the last week or so and how the NFL has owned what remains of the North American sporting scene, and they – figure, hey, nothing's going to be restarted by then. Let's own April. Let's own all of it. Let's own, let's own it to the draft time. 
because what's the earliest anything is going to start best case scenario is uh what major league soccer on may 10th best yep. case scenario yep. so yeah there you I mean, go to me this is uh this is genius uh on the part of the people trying to make sure the draft goes on because those people don't really care if john elway messes up a draft pick because he doesn't have the medical evaluation correct they just want eyes on the nfl and they're going to get tons and tons and tons of eyes on the nfl so if john elway and whoever else has a little bit more risk involved the people in charge don't care at all but i understand why the people whose jobs are on the line based on whether or not they can nail these draft picks uh, are a little bit more hesitant to just go on with this thing a little bit willy-nilly well, yeah, and it's, 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 yeah, the NFL is making a choice here. If they choose to – they're choosing – if they have the draft, they're choosing to prioritize ratings and audience over football. And that's what the NFL cares about. Yeah. Like you guys said, Roger Goodell doesn't care if these GMs get it right or not. Uh, and with that, the NFL, and, and especially a reason why GMs want to push back, is today – at 6 p.m. local time, every single NFL club will close. So John Elway can't be in the building. He can't be around even his small group of, of guys that he was around. They all have to stay home for the next two weeks. And then once you come back from that, the draft is three weeks or even less than three weeks away from that. So these GMs are, are and, and coaching staffs are probably really freaking out right now. Honestly, I feel like your work should be done. Like, like, other than the in, uh, in-house visits, which you can't do anyway, um, your evaluations and all, and your board maybe not should be finalized, but should be to a point where you can hop on a Zoom meeting and have these discussions. You don't need to be sitting next to Matt Russell to decide, hey, do we like Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs more? Like that to me, like the, all the the legwork portion should be done by this point. I totally agree. But what do we always say about the NFL? They're stubborn. They like to do it their way. And so, you know, Vic at what is he 61 now? He may not want to jump on uh, a Skype call with John or, or a Zoom with a prospect. He probably wants to do it in person. So uh, I, I bet the, these guys that have pushback to this are freaking out right now because it's different and they don't know how to cope with different. Yeah, well, get with the times or get lost. <laughs> like or those stay are, home. Right, those are your options. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not an option to have that right now. And I again, I understand why they want it that way, but the NFL, they're moving forward. So, uh <laughs> get on board or or, you know, get in the back of the line. And I, I guess another important point is even if the draft is pushed back, let's say it's pushed back a month well, they're probably still not going to have a, a big draft celebration. They're not going to line the streets of Las Vegas. They're not going to bring all, you know, the, the first round prospects out to Las Vegas. It would Even if they moved it back, it would probably still be the exact same setup that they're going to have to do at the end of April anyway. Oh, no doubt, because they'd have to get all the hotels. They'd have to make all the arrangements and all that. The in-person draft, the draft is a huge event. That's, that's off almost certainly no matter when they they have it that said given the lack of sporting events i think we can all agree that if they do have the draft on as scheduled 
it will be the highest rated draft in NFL history, probably oh, yeah. by a comfortable margin. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Like, are they going to Skype in players to interview them? I, I just – obviously, they have time to work on this, so hopefully they do better than some of these other networks are doing right now, trying to figure <laughs> out how to do content remotely. But um, you figure – well, they could pr- – they could probably get pretty creative on how they do this and have it turn out as a good product still. Yeah. The player, the Skyping or zooming with players is probably the variable they've figured out how to do communication uh, from team headquarters because NFL network always has the setup of there and ESPN moves in and has its setup on site as well with all the teams. And they, they do kind of a remote conferencing sort of thing. So Assuming that they can get the personnel in place to install it for ESPN uh, at each at each uh, team headquarters, that they've done before. It's uh it's the players and how variable it is, and that's just a simply a matter of getting the players' number and finding out if they've got Skype, if they've got Zoom, got everything you need to to pull this sort of thing off. And then for the teams, as far as the media side goes, dealing with us, it's a matter of uh, just taking the conference calls that they do. Usually we're there in person uh, at team headquarters and doing them remotely. Yeah. And just to take you guys behind the scenes, we are so kind enough to let ESPN and NFL network use our pod room down at Dove Valley in order for them to go live there. (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I saw something this morning that I found to be very interesting based on some of the conversations we've been having about the Broncos and their cap room. Uh, it sounds like, according to Over the Cap, that the Broncos gave Graham Glasgow $12 million in signing bonus this year and $2.5 million in base salary, which ends up with him only having a year one cap hit of $6 million. With that in mind, the Broncos have a little bit more room than we might have thought uh, a week ago or even just a day ago in terms of what they can do at the end of this free agency period. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Now, uh, what are we talking? Maybe about 10-ish, $12 million that they can spend right now? Mm -hmm. That's available Mm -hmm. accounting for for everything? Well, yeah, you can save $6 million uh, for the future moves that to build out the rest of your roster that John Elway likes to save in leeway. And you can still spend four to six million dollars and who have we been talking about in that four to six million dollar range well there's two guys prince mukamara and jason peters those are the guys we've been pounding the table for and that could be their price range right now not to yeah mention, for both of them and not to mention Derek wolf mm-hmm. of course pro football focus says the broncos should spend that money on Jameis winston no, no way. <laughs> what is going on? How? Yeah, the headline right now on PFF, the Denver Broncos should be in the market for Jameis Winston. Do they, do they not yesterday, follow the Jeff Driscoll move? I mean, this is all, like yesterday we were hearing in some circles the Broncos should go after Cam Newton. There, I think what this reveals, gentlemen, is, is the difference in perception of Drew Locke of local versus national. I think around here, we believe he should have all of 2020. He should be given at minimum, given the chance to be the guy, but outside of Denver, they're looking at Drew Locke and saying, eh, not good enough. I, yeah. And we, I talked about this at the, maybe like the first day of the off season 
uh, I said, it's going to take a while before the rest of the world knows what we know about Drew Locke. No one was paying attention during those last five games of the season except for us. And because of that, you're getting these just asinine takes out there right now. Um, Cam Newton, I mean, give me a break. He, he doesn't make sense at all for what this team is trying to do. Jameis Winston actually would. If the Broncos didn't already have Drew Locke, it would be a it would be a chance worth taking at this point. But I said I said it then, I'll say it now. They don't get it. They don't know. They don't know who Drew Locke is. They're a long ways away from knowing who Drew Locke is. And until he proves it when all records are even and the Broncos aren't an afterthought to the national media, then we're going to continue seeing them uh, underrate Drew Locke. You're 100% right. Now, at what point does Jameis Winston or Cam Newton become a possibility for you guys? Is it if they sign a one-year, $2 million deal, or is it is it never? Never. To me, Cam Newton does not ever, ever, ever make sense. Jameis Winston would make sense if you didn't have Drew Locke. But look, John Elway has spent the past four years trying to get the guy. He thinks he may have the guy with Drew Locke now. And now you want to create another quarterback competition and and more drama going on with that quarterback room. That's the last thing you want. If Drew Locke doesn't work and and you find that out this year, well, then you know what? You start clean next year and and you start with a new guy. But don't, don't do, don't just put more drama it with that room because you don't need it right now yeah and everything is about getting drew lock ready and one of the reasons why jeff driscoll is the broncos backup quarterback and not somebody else why they didn't kick the tires on say marcus Mariota was they wanted a clear delineation that drew lock was going to be the starting quarterback so what these outside of denver talking heads bloviators writers are suggesting is just contrary to the actual fact of how the Broncos see things. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing to remember here is that Jameis Winston isn't exactly the model of what you want in a backup quarterback. He's had off the field issues. He's a big personality. He's a guy who is a number one overall pick who probably believes that he should be a starter in this league. So especially when you feel like you have a franchise quarterback in your deck of cards, you do not need to be bringing in Jameis Winston. And honestly, Cam Newton fits the same sort of thing. You know, he's had issues with the media. He has, um, you know, uh, caused controversy. And he's a guy who is a number one overall pick who believes that he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Neither of these guys make any sense at all, bar none, period, no matter what the cost is to bring into Denver. Also, can you have a backup quarterback that dresses like that? No. <laughs> you can't have your backup quarterback wanting the spotlight jeff driscoll hasn't even done media i don't even know if he's tweeted that he's coming to the broncos he is the perfect backup quarterback stay out of drew's way until your name is called and hopefully it's never called exactly exactly you get, we're gonna give you a lot of money to just shut up <laughs> all right speaking of um mediocre players and people who uh shouldn't be in the spotlight (laughs) the broncos signing a punter yesterday now (laughs) everyone knows that i'm a huge sam martin guy just the biggest 
Sam Martin guy ever, but Mace, <laughs> uh, it doesn't sound like you're as high on him as me. I've already uh, ordered his gold jacket. Have you bought his jersey yet? That's that's what I want to know. What number is he going to wear? That's a good question. What is he's number uh, six in Detroit, right? Oh well, he can trade with Colby Wadman. Yes, according Colby, to NFL.com, yeah. he's number zero. Oh, that's yeah. even better. Now I really will consider getting his. Well, jersey. that's what Tom Brady is right now. Uh, yeah, the Bucks. Lame. Yeah. So it's just until it's known, you default to number zero. You default to a mascot number. Sam Martin is average. And last year, by his standards, he had an average season. So his average is league average. And while that may not sound like much, if you go through the average annual uh, values of contracts, according to uh, SpotTrack, uh, I believe that puts uh, what I saw last night put him in terms of average annual value 16. He's average in terms of his money. He's average in terms of his performance. And you expect that if he gets the Denver bump that most punters get, that he should be a little bit above average here. And maybe as a top 10, top 12 punter, which is better than what you've had because it says a lot that Colby Wadman, if you take his numbers across the board, third worst overall punter in the NFL last year, and he had half of his games at 5,280 feet above sea level. Says a lot about Colby Wadman not being good enough for the job. Yeah, I mean, Sam Martin is awesome because you know what my favorite thing about Sam Martin is? Is he's not Colby Wadman. Exactly. He's not Colby Wadman, and because of that very fact, I am a huge, huge Sam Martin guy. <laughs> are, are you saying that Colby Wadman is on the uh, same itinerary as Joe Flacco? No, I, I actually like, – Colby Wadman seems like a really – oh, God. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy who, like – I feel like if I, like, made a joke on Twitter about him, he might see it and be sad. <laughs> so uh, – no, he's he doesn't need to go to the sun. He just needs to go back to like the accounting firm that his mom runs or whatever he was doing. Yeah, he was pushing papers two years ago. Was he the punter? All yeah, he was the punter all of last year. Uh huh. Came in for Marquette King. Holy cow! Yeah, Tom Tom McMahon must be really broken up that he didn't get to fulfill his four year plan. <laughs> <laughs> they got tired of waiting, and I think one of the interesting things to look at about this pickup we've talked a little about some of the punters coming up in this year's draft class probably more than most quite frankly we've talked more than most about it quite frankly but with only a handful of exceptions punters usually have to bounce around a little bit before they find a home so sometimes there's a there's a cut or two there's being in a couple of training camps before they really kind of find their niche a little bit and so I think the Broncos just finally decide you know what let's forget about developing a punter let's just go find one they the initial plan going in the offseason was a competition between colby wadman and trevor daniel who they signed as a reserve future free agent back in january he punted for the texans in 2018 early in 2019 really struggled and got cut in september by the texans so there was a competition brewing but I don't see why you would have a competition uh, now. Now, maybe at kicker you bring in somebody else, but uh, 
I imagine that Trevor Daniel is going to be cut. I can't imagine why they would keep Colby Wobbin at this point. Well, and then look at this. Now you have a new punter. You have a new long snapper. And is Brandon going on the last year of his deal this year? He is. And I think it's also significant that Sam Martin can kick off. Yep. Mm. yep. He can. Now, I don't think he'll do that this year, but you mm. can get a specialist uh, next year if McManus does move on. You can, if you have it with a Sam Martin, that means you can have an older kicker who doesn't kick off anymore, but is still very accurate, say, from inside of, of 50, 55 yards. Adam Vinatieri? No, because <laughs> no, he's not you. very accurate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he made the game-winning kick against the Broncos, but he missed the slew of other clutch kicks last year. Steven Guskowski's on the market, though. Mm. Ooh. That would probably have to be a move right now. Yeah. Yeah, he, he won't linger. And he's one of those guys who doesn't throw his helmet on the sidelines in a fit. <laughs> yeah. You could save money by moving on from McManus. But you then you if you went and got Guskowski, you'd be uh, spending the savings. But right. at the same time, with Guskowski, if if you look over the course of his career, he hasn't had a season in which he failed to connect on at least 82.9% of his field goals since 2010. Wow. I didn't realize he's, he's been in the league that long. Yeah, Kuskowski, uh, he just turned 36 years old. Could you imagine if Guskowski threw his helmet in, uh, in, in, because of what Bill Belichick did? <laughs> Can you imagine a, a kicker actually throwing their helmet in a temper <laughs> tantrum? Like, could you imagine that actually happening? <laughs> Oh, I I like the fire. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered some other people. I like I, I like the emotion, the raw passion there that Brandon McManus had. You don't have to say some other people, Mace. You can just say Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, um, but I've just heard in the market, uh, others in the market as well that covered this <laughs> talk about that and how they were bothered by it. it. Didn't bother me. It didn't bother me any. I mean, I'll know, never, it is it is. I'll never forget it, and I'll never forgive it. <laughs> that is oh a- man. In my opinion, that is just incredibly unacceptable for my career. I would love, I would love if Vic said what you just said. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Oh my God. I just, yeah. I hope Sam Martin knows his role in this lane as well. And uh, Macy, you mentioned how Sam Martin's just average all across the board. You know where he's not average? His love life, oh, dating okay. Nastia Lukin. Do you remember her? Yes. 2008. No. Oh, uh, gymnast. No. Nope. She's a gymnast. <laughs> yep, gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an Olympic gymnast. So uh-huh. he's he's doing all right there. Won some medals, if I recall correctly. It doesn't she have a yep. gold medal uh, yep. on her resume? Yep, I think she won the all-around gymnast at 2008 Olympics. Broncos oh have God. had uh, success with punters who were with Olympians. Because Tom Ruin was with, uh, wasn't he with Amy Van Dyken? Amy Van, still wow. is. Wow, yeah. <laughs> going and of course, deep, that's impressive. What's interesting, of course, is that you talk about Sam Martin dating a gymnast and Colby Wadman is dating a gymnast. <laughs> is he really from D- yeah yep yep go pios yeah oh from D-U. du oh well yeah they're <laughs> whoa, these other guys whoa. are with these other guys are with olympians <laughs> yeah but she got a perfect 10 
Maddie Carr. Oh, you're saying she's a perfect 10? I'm sure Colby Wadman thinks he's a perfect 10. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if she'll think he's a perfect 10 once he's not on the team anymore. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Poor guy. We'll cross our fingers for him. <laughs> it's not exactly a great market to find a job right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty more punter talk to come, but first, a shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. If you use the Drizzly app for Breck beers, they're going to send them right to your house. And check this out, guys. Right now, if you order from Breck and you mention DNVR, they're going to give you $5 off your order. That's going to be really awesome. Uh, it, it'll let them know, hey, I'm part of the DNVR family, uh, and they're going to hook you up for that because they love us and they love you just as much as we love you. So $5 off from Breck when you mention DNVR on your order. Please, please support them. You know, they're, they're really, uh, they've, they've got the farmhouse up and running there. So you can order food. Um, I've had the smoked wings. They're awesome. They've got this like cornbread skillet thing. That's incredible. Um, so order food from the farmhouse. They just extended their delivery area, which pretty much covers the whole Metro area at this point. Uh, and get yourself some Breck brews, get yourself some delicious food from the farmhouse, help out those employees there who they're working hard to keep employed. Help out us by letting them know that you support us and you support them together. So hit up Breck, mention DNVR, get yourself some order. Guys, I'm looking like Two-Face right now on our Zoom because you got some light coming in on the left. My, my right side of the face is mm -hmm. totally dark, and that's kind of fortunate because this morning I cut myself on the dark side with a uh, shaven, and it just really reminded me that it is – very important not to bring a sharp razor down below to do any trimming because <laughs> that would be very, very bad if I got a same nick down there. That's why you got to turn the professionals over at Manscaped. Get that lawnmower 3.0 to do all of the man trimming that you need down there. And they've got every product that you could imagine. Uh, just look, look at the perfect package 3.0 kit comes with the lawnmower 3.0 it comes with the crop reviver some some crop preservers so make sure you check them out and when you do to make it even better to protect the family jewels use the code dnvr20 for 20 percent off your entire purchase and free shipping guys you're going to be stuck inside for a long time you know make make sure that your crops are cleaned the crop preserver that's the uh it's like just deodorant that's a i mean it makes you wonder why we haven't been putting deodorant on <laughs> yeah. forever. And uh, yeah. it's a good product there. Yeah, it's not just for armpits anymore. No. Yeah, I mean, they, they say, you know, clean the pits and parts. Well, why don't you put deodorant on the pits and parts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the armpit is only an intersection of two areas. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot more intersections going on down there. All sorts of intersections. It's like, it's like the old mouse trap in Denver down there. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to the questions from the listeners here. I'll let you, one of you guys uh, get us started. First one coming in from R.D. Dollywall. Over under 13 interceptions for our cornerbacks and safeties. Last year, we had 10 as a team. Mm, you want just, that to go up. Let's just say as a team, not just for cornerbacks and safeties. Oh, right, because they had 10 total as a team last year? Yeah, and didn't A.J. Johnson have one of those? Really? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to say over. I think 
it's time for the Broncos to get some turnover luck. It's got, it's got to be over. And the reason is not necessarily because the talent in the secondary is so much better than last year, but because the pass rush should be so, should be so much better. I'm going under, it'll be slightly under, but under in, in part because if you look at, if, if you go through the league, exactly half the league had uh, 12 interceptions or fewer last year. And then another uh, one, two, three, four, five teams had 13. So I'm just playing the odds and I'm, I'm, I'm calling under. Hope you're wrong, Mace. Next yeah, one I hope I'm wrong, from, too. Next one from Southern Steve. Hi, guys. Thanks for all the great pods. I was happy to see the re-signing of Jeremiah Itachu. I thought there was he performed well in the absence of Bradley Chubb last year. Do you guys like the signing? And do you think there is a possibility of drafting Jerry Judy at 15? Thanks, and keep, the, keep up the fantastic job that you are doing. Go Broncos. Yes and yes. Uh, but yeah. I would say that I'd say there's – a, a, a diminishing possibility of drafting uh, uh, Jerry Judy at 15, but I'd say, but I'd say there's a shot. Why? Why diminishing? I think uh, I'm starting to, I'm starting to think that both um, Judy and rugs me off the board at 15. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I love the Broncos just trying to up their Jerry count as much as they possibly can. Got Jerry Atachu, Jerry Judy, just <laughs> usually Jerry's a bad thing, uh, but Jerry's a good thing now. Well, then you know what happens then if this if they get Jerry Judy and they have Jerry Ataku, it just screams for the crowd to go like a Jerry Springer audience. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Is so Jerry is Jerry Judy the first uh, wide receiver in the NFL named Jerry since Jerry Rice? <laughs> I, good question. I have no idea. So you just wish uh, instead of Sam Martin, it was jerry martin jerry martin that sounds like a a uh, jazz singer <laughs> it does <laughs> oh, let's see welsh bronco 170 hello guys hope you all are safe getting a little scary now this side of the pond i have two comments rk you were a huge dbz fan growing up as you referenced the final form a lot and that's a clear dbz fanatical term to use if so you're even cooler in my eyes and second hold on comment, hold on hold on Okay. Mace, do you know what DBZ is? I have no clue. Zach, do you know what DBZ is? Zero. Oh my god. Oh, I was gonna ask you if you if you guys thought I'm the type of person who would be a huge DBZ fan. It's Dragon Ball Z. Now do you oh. now does that ring a bell? Of course, of course. Uh back in uh in high school, some people called me, said that I look like Dragon Ball Z because of my hair. I don't think okay, Dragon I, Ball Z is a person. I still have no clue. I, this this might as well be Swahili. <laughs> Anyways, to answer your question, Wells Bronco, I am, I was never a uh, Dragon Ball Z fan, but I do know what it is. I think Final Form, I don't know where that comes from. If anything, if it would have been anything from my childhood, it would have been uh, Pokemon. Which is kind of in the same world mm. as Dragon Ball Z. I'm yeah. I'm learning about that because my kid's into Pokemon now. That's still a thing? Wow. It is still a thing, yes. Oh, man. Wow. I, Absolutely still a thing. So when I was a kid, the cards, are, or it was right when the boom of the cards came, when I was in, mm -hmm. like, third grade, I think. And the goal was, like, to have, you know, all the best cards, and you would trade cards with people to try and get the ones that you wanted. And oh my God, it got so messy at school. <laughs> like kids were like, like uh, kids were like asking to go to the bathroom. And then we had like our, <laughs> our cubbies 
out in the outside and like breaking into people's backpacks and stealing their Pokemon. Oh, wow. oh boy. There was like, I remember like some fifth graders were like threatening kids on the bus. Like if, like if you don't give us that card, like you don't want to know what's going to happen. Like wow. it got so, it got so bad that uh, they had to ban anyone from bringing any Pokemon to school ever. So it was like the, uh, the equivalent of the modern day jewel. The, yeah luckily uh pokemon cards weren't destroying our respiratory system yeah they weren't exploding in people's <laughs> pockets yeah all right so that was crazy yeah. second <laughs> comment from welsh bronco nfl.com post free agent power rankings has us going down seven places to 25th have i missed something thanks for everything and stay safe welsh bronco you haven't I, missed something they've missed something by dropping the broncos seven spots and it's what? what we talked about. They don't – If th- th- that article even mentioned that the Broncos ought to add another ve- a veteran quarterback to the room, question the depth uh, there behind Drew Locke. Regardless of what you feel about Drew Locke, how do you look at the Broncos before free agency and the Broncos after free agency and say they've gotten substantially worse? I, I've seen the worst grade I've seen given to the Broncos in terms of their free agency – think is maybe a B minus and I don't even know if it was the minus a B so how does a B translate to making the team worse especially when that's the worst grade out there yeah B is above average right exactly so I mean if you're going to be above that if you're going to be above average that means you've got to have a cluster of teams that are average and a cluster of teams below average you're saying the Broncos had above average improvement and above average free agency class so how you're dropping them seven spots logically that makes zero sense whatsoever and like even if you like the biggest knock on the broncos free agency so far has been people who don't like the signing of melvin gordon but even if you hate just absolutely hate and loathe the fact that the broncos gave melvin gordon eight million dollars a year there is no argument in which you can make that he doesn't make the team better right now and to me that wasn't their first signing that wasn't their biggest move that they made that was what their fourth move that they made in terms of a big name coming in. So if that's your fourth guy, I'd say it's pretty good. And again, you can't, you're not, your argument against it is not that Melvin Gordon is a terrible player. It's that you shouldn't pay him the money, but that has nothing to do with where they end up in the rankings afterwards. Uh, Speaking of Melvin Gordon, we dropped Andre's film room on Melvin Gordon yesterday. And boys, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it yet. I came away from that three times as excited about Melvin Gordon as I was before it. Um, I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I truly think that they have a, that Pat Shermer has a detailed plan of how he wants to use Melvin Gordon and what this film room illuminates. And I really recommend you read it is there are ways in which Melvin Gordon is an elite runner. And there are ways in which he's a very below average player. And so the way I imagine it is that, Pat Shermer is going to use Melvin Gordon in the ways that he's extremely successful and use Philip Lindsay in the ways that he's extremely successful. That's going to be the plan. And and so I came away from this being just absolutely ecstatic. I love Melvin Gordon as a runner and I love the way that he works in situations that aren't always Philip Lindsay's strongest suits. Yeah. And you would really, really hope and think that Pat Shermer not just signed off on this move, but was the one pounding the table because of exactly what, what Andre showed uh, is that he has his strengths and Philip Lindsay can balance his strengths well. And uh, 
gosh, if this was what Pat Shermer wanted, then he's going to utilize it perfectly. And from what I've heard, it was a Pat Shermer move uh, in terms mm-hmm. of what he wanted and what he was banging the table for. By the way, one more thing on the rankings, because I'm just looking at the, at the article right this second. How do you move the Chargers up one and the Broncos back seven and thus have the Chargers ahead of the Broncos? So they, the Chargers have Chris Harris Jr. and – And they go it? from Phillip Rivers to Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Oh, yeah. There's wow. not a lot of thought put into these things. I always, I always, you know, feel for the fans who have to read this stuff and, like, get worked up about it. And I'm just like, the amount of thought that was put into this is not worth the amount of energy you're giving to it. It's probably not even worth the amount of energy we're giving to it. But we, we have to clear it up for the good people. <laughs> Next one, and Colin also, if- it does give us something to talk about. Totally. And we are looking for things to talk about right now. Or maybe not now, but we get into the coming weeks. Zach's cat has made an appearance on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah showing his face. <laughs> Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys. Oh, geez, this is a pronunciation one. The pronunciation of certain cities has screwed me up since going back and forth between Colorado and New Mexico. Buena Vista being the biggest offender, not, but not the only one. Canyon City pronounced Canyon because of the the tilde in Spanish. Tilda. Tilda, thank you. In Spanish, that doesn't exist in English. Thornton, not Thornton. La Junta, yes, I got that one right, are on that list. However, New Mexico, I get corrected on several cities. Some I get, some I'll never understand. Santa Fe, coworkers get mad at me, mad when I said it without the Spanish inflection. And Espanol. Espanola. Espanola. Again, tilde? Tilda. Tilda. And one thing, but there's a small village outside of Santa Fe called Madrid, which is pronounced like Madrid, Missouri? New Madrid, Missouri. Oh, New Madrid, Missouri. That's how they say it there, yeah. With the emphasis on the first syllable and the Madrid, the capital of Spain. Even though the entire state is vastly proud of its Spanish heritage, they still call the city like white boys. Shake my head. That honestly should be <laughs> that. What you just did should be on one of those like cringe videos. Yeah, that was it was bad. <laughs> like, what was that thing called? Uh, that where you were whispering into the microphone, like, oh, SMR, a- ASMR. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the opposite of that. <laughs> that didn't get anyone tingling. No, no, it got me like. <laughs> Tensed up my muscles a little bit. I'm going to oh. loosen up after hearing that. Well, let's loosen everyone up right now. Just oh, my God. Back. You're so, <laughs> so creepy. From Cam Walter. Hey, boys, no football question for me. Just wanted to toss in an answer on the which movie character would you be? Shane Falco, when he comes back at halftime to win, would be a great memory to have. Thanks for the great content and much love. And he goes on and says, also, RK, The Rock played the Scorpion King in the Mummy universe. It wasn't the original. He came in, I believe, the third, and then he got his spinoff. It was actually the second, as someone clarified later. But I just want everyone to know that I wasn't crazy about The Rock being in the Mummy movies. <laughs> there you go. You weren't just imagining it as you did. No. Yep. Kentucky UDFA. I'll keep this short. Since my first attempt at a post was erased due to my own ineptitude. What are the odds Denver will trade back once or twice in the first round if the big three receivers slash big four offensive tackles 
slash Ken Law are not available. I've been hearing more and more there will be no more than three quarterbacks selected before our 15th pick, and the rest of the draft in front of us lends to all the aforementioned choices being gone. Should we be okay in selecting anyone outside of that group? Henderson, Austin Jackson, Josh Jones, Murray. If we trade back once or even twice and stayed in the first round, could we end up with a similar scenario as last year, maybe even better, since we would have the draft capital move back up in the second round at least once? I really could see a scenario of having a late first rounder trade back for a second, along with our second, at least three-thirds that could get us back into the second again. I know this may be convoluted, but we, could we potentially get a late first-round pick, three second-round picks, and two to three-thirds? If so, is there value in that scenario with taking the back end of the tackle class at 15? I really hope this makes sense, LOL. If not, I apologize for day drinking. <laughs> I absolutely hate this scenario. This is my nightmare scenario for the Broncos. And in fact, if it looks like this is going to happen once pick 10 rolls around, that's when I do the opposite. And I trade up, I give away one of those or one or two of those third round picks to, to make sure that I get either a tackle that I love or a wide receiver that I love. Look, you already have so much draft capital in the top 100. Building even more to me when you filled so many holes already in free agency is just doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think if anything, they have fewer picks when all is said. I think they could have end up they have five right now on days one and two and i think they end up with four now another thing that he pointed out suggested no more than three quarterbacks selected before the 15th pick do we agree that vegas knows what's doing when it comes to setting odds yeah yeah absolutely okay all right so in vegas because you have to have something to bet on there are over unders for a lot of draft prospects in the first round as for when they go off the board now, they, this one from Bet Online did not have Joe Burrow listed, perhaps because everyone knows he's going to go number one. But for over-unders for the other quarterbacks, gentlemen, Tua Tagovailoa, 3.5, Justin Herbert, 5.5, Jordan Love, 13.5, and that would lend itself to four quarterbacks going in the first 14 picks. Yeah, I mean, if this situation happens, I actually would be on board for trading back, but there's no way that this situation happens. I mean, Zach, you're cringing, but there's no elite players left. You're down to, you know, next to nothing. Right, and that's why it's a nightmare scenario, because you're not getting an elite player at 15 and trading back. This is just, it's not the year position to do it with, and that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm making it so this doesn't happen. So yeah. if pick 10 rolls around and a team wants two thirds to move up to 11, well, I'm doing it. From 940 Bronco. Hey, everyone haven't commented in a while, but I've been listening. Hopefully this comment doesn't go too long. I was quarantined from Wednesday to Monday as my girlfriend and sister were both tested for COVID-19. Thankfully, my sister is negative and my girlfriend is still waiting for her results. But I can now work from home, which means I get to listen to DNVR uninterrupted. Almost all of Dallas-Fort Worth is under lockdown at this point, so your podcasts and watch-alongs will keep me sane. Now on to football. I was taken, off, I was taken by Mace's point on the offseason affecting the Super Bowl teams as it does, and I figured that, I usually, uh, that usually a lot of Super Bowl teams see a lot of turnover in their rosters as people get snatched away for high prices. But I feel like the Chiefs haven't dealt with that all that much, which makes things even scarier. What do you all think? I won't comment. 
<sighs> well, it's what you can do when you have a let's drink cost control quarterback. <laughs> and clearly also by giving the tag to Chris Jones, they prioritized keeping him over anybody else that they could get on the open market. And that's logical because there was an argument to be made that Chris Jones, if he had hit the market, would have been the best player on the market, and that would have included Tom Brady. Yep. Well, and, and what, what have we said about the, the Chiefs um, this, this entire time is that their window was last year and potentially this year. It looks like even if they re-sign Mahomes, they're going to still keep everyone for this year. And then after that, Mahomes is going to get paid. And, you know, how much that changes it is to be seen. But this, we knew that the Chiefs were going to pretty much be the exact same team. We knew that they weren't going to lose much this year. So it, it's not a surprise, really. I, I don't think to anyone that the Chiefs kept most of the team together. I mean, their biggest loss right now is Kendall Fuller. Yeah. Going, next year. Going next back, year. To, back to Washington. Yeah, next year is the year that that the Chiefs sh- will probably take a big hit in terms of their roster. Next one's from Mile High. Yeah. Mike, he says they also, but what they need also before we just move on. Sorry, what they need is for these television contracts for 2022 and beyond. They need they need them to be signed in the next few months because yeah. if if they if the NFL gets what it hopes to get, and of course everything is wide open now in uh, the current economic climate. But if the if the league gets what it hopes to get, then the Chiefs have a better chance of keeping this team together because they can kick the can down the road on some of these guys. Next one here's from Mile High Mike. He says, I saw that Cam Walter already touched on this, but I want to clarify a bit more. As May said, The Mummy was released in 1999, and it is a masterpiece. It was so successful. Oh, sorry. It was written and directed by Stephen Summers, and also, as May said, The Rock was not involved. It was so successful that they made a sequel two years later in 2001. Summers also wrote and directed that. The movie is equally as fantastic and my personal favorite. The Rock had a short role in this one as the Scorpion King, the main antagonist who shows up at the end, half man, half 20 foot Scorpion. Oh my God. <laughs> then they made a spinoff feature titled The Scorpion King the next year, also written by Summers, starring The Rock, the backstory, uh, telling the backstory of his character. After six years, some other producers bought his story rights and attempted a third installment but failed as the main female protagonist actress was unavailable and Summers didn't write it. I highly recommend watching the first three. You can skip the last one. He goes on. Zach, any Mission Impossible movie? You're crazy. One, four, five, and six are great, but three is only okay, and two is a joke. You can't be serious. I mean, it sounds like four out of six are pretty good in your book. True. That's that's about the Star Trek ratio, right? I have no idea. Two thirds of them are worth watching. (laughs) Frankly, on Mission Impossible, I thought one was good. It lost me at two, and I never went back. Wow, that's very sad. I don't like any movie that has Tom Cruise in it. Uh, (laughs) So you don't like Jerry Maguire? Okay, there's a couple old ones: Jerry Maguire and Top Gun (laughs) that are good. Okay, so you won't go see Top Gun two when it comes out then? Certainly not. He goes on, my top three movies are hands down Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's three movies. Oh, okay. All right. Nope. (laughs) Uh, No contest. If I can only pick one, it's Return of the King, The Inception, and Avengers Endgame. Sorry to go on so much about movies. If the pandemic leaves you looking for topics in the future, movies is sure to spark some conversation. Football stuff next time. Wow. Hi, Mike. 
Love hearing from you, Mile High and Mike. Next one coming in from Jared Fry. I hardly comment, but now I have to. The Mummy and The Mummy Returns are my favorite movies. My phone case is the poster of The Mummy. The Rock appears in The Mummy Returns as a Scorpion King, and they had side movies about him. TMR was Dwayne Johnson's first movie ever that wasn't a documentary. My heart is broken for this. I smile every time The Mummy is mentioned and watch it every flight I am on. Whoever commented they like these movies are now my favorite Broncos fans. Stay safe and watch it while you're quarantined. Okay, I, I guess I have to watch this movie. I've never even, I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never heard it's worth watching. The crazy thing to me is that it's like apparently a cult classic. I, I didn't realize that. Like, I thought it was just one of those movies that it's like, if it's on, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is entertaining. I didn't know it had like fanfare. Well, I, I think it's it's cool that we can bring people together the, in their shared fandom of the of the mummy movies. I mean, everyone's got their cult for that they're a part of. I'm you know some of the cult classics uh, uh, I find other fans of include say uh, Idiocracy, a very apt movie for these times. Unfortunately, a lot of people on this podcast love that movie. Yeah, so we're we're talking about the 1999 Mummy, right? Yes, the original. Yes, and. Rotten Brendan Tomatoes. Frazier. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a sixty. I think you guys are all just following Ryan's lead with this. I didn't even say I liked it. <laughs> How did it get brought up? Uh, someone else brought it up yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Because we were trying to figure out which mummy was it—the reboot, was it the original with Brendan Fraser? That's kind of how it came up. So. Anyway, Mark It Snatch. Sorry for the double comment. However. Are there any rule changes you would like to see implemented? I love what the XFL did with kickoffs and how the AAF utilized the Sky Judge, but are there rules you'd like to see either amended, added, or simply thrown out? The Sky Judge. I'm all about the Sky Judge. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that he or she was mic'd up, so you got to hear what they were actually saying. Now there's no way the NFL will ever operate with that level of transparency. But just having the Sky Judge I thought was great. honestly i'm i'm over kickoffs um just just lose them at this point for me it's just a waste of everyone's time i enjoyed the xfl kickoffs so i thought it it had a chance to save the play the thing that the xfl did that i doubt the nfl would ever do but i loved was just dumping kicks on the uh, point after touchdowns and saying from the two-yard line it's one point and then from the five-yard line, it's two points, and I even like the notion of the three-yard of of the three-point PAT being from the ten. And I would because I like a little craziness. I go a step further and saying, okay, you keep doubling it. So twenty-yard line is four points, forty-yard line is five points, <laughs> and then your own twenty is six points. No way, no <laughs> way. You can't do that. It's it that would change the entire game forever. But Imagine you're that down you're 12, down, you're down twelve game. points and you still have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm all about lasers. Bring lasers into every single part of the game. There should be no questions about if the ball was spotted right, if it crossed the first down marker, if it crossed the end zone. It, it, it should be easy. It should be just like hockey where once the ball goes over, there's a across the whole mm-hmm. stadium. Do that with first downs too. Uh, that needs to happen. Uh, now, what, what, there's one rule change. It's not in the gameplay, but Bruce Arians uh, touched on it in an interview referencing 
the fact that he believes that in 2021, the Bucks are going to be able to wear their throwback uniform, which would mean a change to the one helmet shell rule, which would mean the Broncos could do a true throwback with the lighter blue and the D on the helmet. And that's, a, that's not a rule change. That's just a kind of a, a superficial guideline change, but I'd be all for that. Yeah, I'd be all for that as well. I'm also all for implementing as much technology as possible. The spotting of the ball is one of the biggest jokes in all of sports. Um, I hope the person who fought about fought with me on Twitter about this is listening because they were like a ref and they said they were great at spotting the ball. And no, no one is great at spotting the ball. They, they, I honestly believe that they're off by upwards of a hundred yards total by the end of every game. Uh, I was. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, a ref in college for intramural football, flag football, and uh, spotting the ball was not my specialty. I mean, teams were always so furious with me. You're asking someone to do something that's impossible, which is seeing where the ball is and seeing where their knee touches down at the exact same time. It's you you can't look in those two places at the same time. So it is 100% a guessing game through and through. They need to put they need to be wearing censored um clothing which could be invented by tomorrow if we wanted it and the ball has a sensor in it and all of your uniform has a sensor in it and wherever whatever touches down first triggers the sensor and it knows exactly where the ball was and it just buzzes the ref on a little watch that shows you exactly where the ball should be yep i completely agree there's no reason not to do that exactly Uh, From Onion Town Links. So I've been watching games from the 2013 season in chronological order, reliving the season. I can't help but feel like even though we talk about iconic moments from 2010 to present, we don't name all of the right ones. I can usually get Broncos fans to recall the Tim Tebow overtime game winner, but I'm tired of just reminiscing on that particular moment, even though it was the moment that sealed my love for the Broncos. No, I want to remember the moments, the other moments. There have been so many. Some of my favorites. Peyton Manning's rushing touchdown against the Cowboys. I think we've talked about that one a few times. Uh, Julius Thomas yelling, it's so effing easy, immediately after catching a touchdown pass. Brock Osweiler's kill audible that resulted in C.J. Anderson's long touchdown in the snow against the Patriots. The double strip sack on Ben Roethlisberger in 2015, and literally the other 16 times we ended a game with a strip sack in 2015. Cam Newton's entire career against Denver. The Jamal Charles fumble that gave Denver the win. Which ones am I leaving out? The last four years are hard because I haven't been able to watch the games as much recently. But this season, I own the couch on Sunday. You guys are by Man, from the 2015 season, I love the overtime against Cleveland when there's an interception right out of the blocks and the Browns are already in field goal range and the defense knocks the Browns back like 14 yards and forces them to punt from midfield. On a three and out. And that was – it's strange. For, there are a lot of moments where I think for fans and people who cover the team, the greatness of that team was crystallized. That you knew that it was special against the Browns, a dog crap team that year. That was the moment that, that told me this team could be something extraordinary because it was like the defense was not going to allow that team to lose. And don't forget, that was a D that was playing without a DeMarcus – uh, Ware at that point. You had Shaq Barrett playing extensively. Uh, both Shane Ray and Demarcus Ware were out. You had injuries starting to pop up, and they just said, hey, we are not losing this game. Not now, not ever. 
Yeah, another one I'll throw into the mix is when Peyton ran back onto the field uh, week 17 in 2015. Man, I can tell you, I got chills. It, that, that was something else. Um, and you just kind of – you knew something special was about to happen. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I want to give a shout-out to the Colorado Raptors and specifically our guy Colton, who is covering the team and doing a fantastic job even in these times without rugby. Uh, I want you guys to give it a chance. This is a perfect time to learn about a new sport, so when it comes back, you'll be ready to jump right in on it. And Colton has done an amazing job. He, he did a little explainer in which he explained 10 facts about rugby to kind of get you off the ground. His podcasts have really been diving into, you know, what the experience should be like for new fans. So make sure you check it out and make sure you support the Raptors when they come back because those small type franchises are really going to need our support. Absolutely. Next one coming in from Onion Onion Town Links again. He says, "As for the movie, my favorite has to be seldom recognized but always entertaining. Tremors. Love that movie. Have you guys ever seen it? Nope. I've never heard of it. I hadn't either. You know what it's described as? A monster comedy. Didn't know those existed. Like Monsters Inc. With uh, with <laughs> yeah. Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, and Reba McIntyre, and." Michael Gross, better known as the dad on Family Ties, Stephen Keaton. All right. Yeah. Interesting cast. From R. Burley. Hey, guys. You got me. We got him. Can Mace tone down the audible belching going forward? (laughs) Maybe mute yourself for a second. Okay. I don't know what you were talking about, but I will say this. I don't feel my belch is coming, and that's a problem. I don't. I don't think that's happened. It must be some the some other feedback from your microphone. Well, we're not using that mic anymore, so we're using the headset now. Yep. So, like, a, does it sound point? better? Because I can't tell a difference from where I sit. Well, yeah. can you hear yourself? No, but I mean, I'm just. I you guys are hearing me. Does it sound better? Yes, it does. Except for when okay. you drink out of that cup. Well, <laughs> I get dry mouth when I do these things, so I have to drink something so i don't know what we can do about that one tomorrow just less ice tomorrow but right it needs to be cold i can't i'm not gonna (laughs) drink warm water well you can put it in the fridge before you jump on the podcast well the problem the the problem is well i guess i oh here we go again (laughs) yeah see we just need a we just need a quieter cup that's all you know what you can do? You can just you can just pound water like I do right before the show. Like, can you yeah, hear this? I, 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 no. I mean, I, I don't want to be like uh, like Tom Hanks on the island in Castaway, where one of the things he clearly misses most is ice because he's flying back to Memphis, and uh, he's like, oh, I like ice. Because he didn't have ice for four freaking years. <laughs> we're in a, you know, we may be stuck in our homes, but we're in a civilized society here. What if you had? What if you had a cup? Uh, what if you used a cup that has a straw, so you don't have to tilt it and move the ice around? If I can find a straw. See, I'm a problem solver. That's what I do yeah. around here. Okay. So we can go straw. We can just get a quieter cup. See. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're running on empty there. If I have to listen to that every day, yes. my head might explode. All right, from Butch Cassidy. <laughs> He says, rides into town with his new three-year subscription, ready to be stamped with an official got him. Got him. 
Got him. Love the name too, Butch Cassidy. If you could Franken team consisting of any offense and defense to ever exist, what would your team be? For example, uh, for instance, I believe the 2013 Broncos offense played with the 2015 Broncos defense would be unstoppable. Can you beat it? Also, Zach, I bet you a burrito. The Broncos win more games than your husband and the Bucks. My husband. Boy, you know what? That's a good one. Uh, yeah, that's I don't a really know if that's good beatable. Yeah, I would say it's the the greatest defense in NFL history, in my opinion, is the 76 Steelers. And the greatest offense in NFL history statistically was the 2013 Broncos. So yep. that those are the two that I'm taking. And then if I, I, I want to do like a, if I want to do like a deep dive here, I would do, um, I do special teams and I'd go with the 86 chiefs because they had something like four or five touchdowns off blocked punts wow. that year. And, and their special teams was so effective that when they fired their head coach, John Makovic, after going to the playoffs for the first time in 15 years, they promoted their special teams coach, the late Frank Gans. He didn't work out because he wasn't good at running the whole show. But in 1986, that was that's the best overall special teams unit I'd ever seen was the Chiefs. Dang, I hope you were going to say it was Dave Tobe was their special teams coach back then. <laughs> Ooh. I, uh, well, Dave, Dave Tobe had better returners to work with. I uh, didn't. Uh, I didn't realize we could go with any teams here, but I'll say this. Depends on what era you're playing in because the 1976 Steelers would stand no chance against the 2020 Chiefs. It would be, right. worse. It would be worse than anything we saw. <laughs> but you got Hall of Fame. You have, I think, literally five Hall of Famers on that defense. Yeah, I mean, if you were able to take the Broncos offense back to 1976 and play in that era, well, then you're in good shape. But if it had to go the other way around, you might be in big trouble. Yeah, I think there's always in... an implied adjusting for error, era, though. Otherwise, otherwise, the guys from today would always beat the guys from the past because they're bigger, faster, stronger in a lot of cases. Yes, yep, that is yep. my take, and I stand by it. Yeah, now. you can't have, uh, like, the cheese hamburger or who is that really good player back in the day? <laughs> Beef Supreme. Beef Supreme. <laughs> he would stand no chance. No, Beef Supreme would dominate. Now? Yeah, Beef Supreme is from the future. <laughs> oh. But he doesn't look all that strong. And besides, Beef Supreme's got a flamethrower. He's got tools. It's, it's not just him. Wait, I thought Beef Supreme was a real person. No, no, he's an idiocracy is a character from Idiocracy. Oh, you he's basically Beef Supreme. <laughs> yeah, Beef Supreme is basically the executioner <laughs> for Monday Night Rehabilitation in Idiocracy. Oh, oh, I'm lost. He came out oh. of retirement. I can't wait for for DNVR Podcron to tweet that they learned today that Zach thought Beef Supreme was a real person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, VR though, Ryan, you should be excited to get back on your thief. Did I say it right? Yes. Thief hey. game. One thing I love to do on that game is play manager mode and take a team from the EFL Championship and bring them up to the Premier League. The youth academy aspect, where you can recruit players from all over the world, is my favorite part of the game. Love developing one of the best players in the world, homegrown. That sounds fun. Uh, I'm probably just going to take Wolves and just dominate the Prem. 
threatening everything. Yes, exactly. Uh, Count Locula here comes in with a bad take. He says, love is blind is better than the bachelor. Love the count. Look, I love I'm love is blind that. as much as the, as the next guy, but it doesn't even, it doesn't even touch the bachelor. I completely agree. And here's, here's what love is blind is love lib is the same as BIP bachelor in paradise they're they're very similar we have all those couples and it's good it you know bip gets you through the summer i'm sure it'll get us through the summer uh, it's entertaining but then man once the bachelor or bachelorette comes back you're like mm, this is the good stuff so lip can be good it doesn't mean that it's bad but uh it's just it doesn't have the juice yeah. i, I want to see the bachelor social distancing edition that's what <laughs> that's what love is blind is <laughs> All right, you anyway, more from the count. Is McChesney right about the poor choices Denver's made in finding and developing O-linemen and then letting them walk? Should we have kept Schofield, Ben Garland, Connor McGovern, Billy Turner? Love the count. I'd say you should have kept two of those guys, Garland and Turner. Would you have kept Turner for that price point, though? What, what did he get, $7 million What did they year? offer him? Do we remember? Didn't they offer him Was five? it about three million, I think? Maybe not. I don't think it was five. Okay, well, no, I probably wouldn't have doubled up what I was thinking to offer him. Yeah, I would have been okay letting Turner walk. McGovern, well, how about this, I, though? If you have Billy Turner as your starting right tackle, you don't pay Juwan James a king's ransom. Well, that's true. But that's they, a good point. Yeah, they felt like Billy Turner wasn't enough to handle the role in the – probably would have done just fine in the end um I, i'm with you on ben garland i thought they bailed on him too soon and i i think they sh and i would have kept Connor mcgovern and i would have still brought in graham glasgow and i feel a lot better uh, i feel secure about the offensive line right now i'll feel better if they draft an interior offensive lineman in the first two days of the draft but right now i'd feel better if they had Connor mcgovern how about this i would have kept i would have kept uh, michael schofield at guard Meh. Never, never, never right tackle. No, never right. He's not a swing <laughs> tackle, that's for sure. Oh, my Spe goodness. Speaking of Broncos players dating Olympians, Michael Scope. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Next one coming in from R.D. Dollywall. Over under 16 combined rushing and receiving touchdowns for Lindsey and Gordon. Last year, we had 12 rushing and receiving touchdowns from our backs. Over. 16 combined over. Over, that's one a game. It it should it should e easily happen. I mean, Melvin Gordon was has been close to one a game the last two seasons. Maybe he doesn't hit that rate, but uh, if he say gets a rate of twelve touchdowns over sixteen games, and so I think Philip Lindsay easily gets six to eight. Then yeah, if I'm I could get the over, if I could get even odds on that, I'd be running to the yeah. casino right now. Absolutely. And Powerfield Ed, hey, boys, hope you guys are having fun working at home. I can't because I work at the Ambassador Bridge, which is essential. About the Broncos, don't you feel like everyone, including yourselves, are downplaying how awesome and productive Shelby Harris's batted down passes were? Didn't he bat down a potential game-winning throw? Yes, and it cost the Broncos five picks in the draft. Anyways, <laughs> a little feedback on the mobile podcast quality. Everything sounds fine, but it sounds like Mason's audio quality jumped to LQ to UHD at about 113. Also, I think it's Mason, but I can hear him breathe or begin to speak while Reiner Zach is saying something. To that end, thanks for the content. Tons of love from Canada. 
Okay, Mace, you can't do any bodily functions anymore. You can't drink, you can't sneeze, you can't cough, you can't breathe. Can't breathe. You can't, can't breathe. You can't well, breathe. I'm not using the same mic anymore, but yeah, I can't breathe. I mean, I think what I think what you're saying, uh, Empower Field is you don't want me on this podcast anymore. No, that's why that's why we had to change the microphone because that microphone was very very sensitive to everything. So it was Uh, too good. Yes. Anyways, Powerfield Ed chimes in again and says, "Side comment: Since we have so much spare time, I was thinking uh, you could all have uh, uh, the subscribers send an audio of us saying DNVR and use that in the intro. Maybe together." all together or each week feature a new subscriber anyway sorry about leaving too long comments bye um <laughs> i've been in contact with our guy uh timothy evanson the lead singer of pleasure horse and we might be on the verge of a new intro song oh can't wait for that love that tease elroy jetson saying hello hi guys two things i need to share one graham pronounces his last name the same as I can't do this. I can't. I had it yesterday. I said Glasgow. his name about 500 times. Just say the two Glasgow, words that Kentucky. are right there. Oh, as Glasgow. Oh, there we go. As Glasgow. <laughs> Thanks, Elroy. Two, I work at the warehouse in Louisville, Kentucky for a K-name grocery store based in Cincy. I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to put out content while I work to combat the panic shopping and the 156 stores we service. My hours have been long since this started. And we will stay that way until this end. Stay healthy, fam. Your boy, Elroy. Elroy, thank you for keeping all the shelves stocked in for us. And yeah. hopefully people aren't just continuing to overbuy. Yeah, I appreciate what you're doing, Elroy. Um, and you know, I echo what Zach is saying. And in that uh, vein, if you can provide any help on uh, how we can get toilet paper, it would be appreciated because... <laughs> We're not running low yet, but uh, I can see in a couple of weeks here getting a little hairy in this in this house. Ah, well, if it gets hairy down there, I can have a product to recommend. That's the Lawnmower oh, 3.0. Oh. <laughs> from Dan, oh, trade man. up for Rugs Burke. Did you all see that Vegas lowered the win total from the Bron- for the Broncos from 8 to 7.5 after free agency? Combine that with the NFL.com power rankings and that dude on Twitter yesterday who said this fan base is oddly confident about Locke and said Cam would give the Broncos a better shot to win this year, then it looks like we're back to hashtag disrespect season. Also, did you all see the story about Brock Olivo now that he's stuck in the center of the coronavirus outbreak in Italy? Scary stuff. Dang, that is really scary. We're thinking of, uh, thinking of Brock. Yeah, it was in the Chicago Tribune, and his quote in the headline was, it's as close to apocalyptic as we have ever seen, unquote. Uh, of course, his uh, girlfriend is from Italy. They're Right now, they're in an apartment. Wow. Yeah. Hanging out. That is so scary. So send in our thoughts to, to Brock right now. As right, for – Oh, by the way, he's, he's out of the NFL. Okay. Another interesting thing about Brock, Brock Olivo is that uh, he's no longer he, – was the Bears' assistant special teams coach. He's no longer there. He is back to coaching in Italy for the uh, Lazio American Football Club. Wait, well, were, were Olivo and Mike McCoy on the same coaching staff? Yes. <laughs> so two of your coordinators that year are now out of the NFL just a couple of years later. How about that? And it's important to keep in mind that coordinators stay around for 
forever. <laughs> yes. And just coaches stay around forever in the NFL. The fact that two are gone is the ultimate indictment. Uh, to also, his question, did you know that? Did you know that he plays guitar? By the way, RK. Yes, I did. Yeah, because there's a picture of him in the story playing his guitar on the balcony. Being on the balcony is an Italian thing right now. He's the most interesting man in the world, potentially. <laughs> yes. Um, to answer his question about going from 8 to 7.5, go buy that up. Um, you don't actually – I wouldn't recommend going to Vegas, but uh, if you have a, a way of uh, getting in on that action, the Broncos are winning more than seven games. Mark yeah. my words. Yes, I, they're at least going mm-hmm. to be 500. At least. At least. From Hank Hill's propane and propane accessories. My boys, I'm so glad that we still have the pods to keep us slightly sane. Quick paintball story. The first time I went paintballing, I got shot in the manscape lawn <laughs> by a response trigger. LOL, three shots right to the jewels from about 12 feet away. As a 12-year-old, that made the already confusing time more painful. LOL, <laughs> wish Mace and Zach were also in the Madden League because the daily distractions, RK, Hank, the Tank, and Spano Dog are so entertaining. Love y'all. Bengals DJ. Man, it may be time to uh, to get that Madden 20 and be able to play with some of you guys. It would you know, fun. I think uh, the, the time to uh, do Madden and all that is based upon whether you've got a family and whether you have kids or not. Because I think if you have kids and you're helping take care of them, you're probably not using the spare time to, uh, to get on Madden. But if I, were, uh, if I were single and unfettered, I'd probably be playing until dawn every day. If you're single, ready to Madden mingle. Yeah. <laughs> next well, one you... coming in from. Go ahead. Oh, next one coming in from Sir James Radio. Wow, I see. I really started something with with my picking of the mummy. So it was you, Sir James Radio. Shoutouts to Cam Walter, Mile High Mike, and Jared Fry for filling everyone in through the comments already. QRKs rejoice that some of us do read the comments section first before commenting. Glad to see I'm not alone in my love for the franchise. Let's just all agree that that Terabad third one with Jet Lee never happened, okay? On to Madden, RK. I too used to put all my players' stats up to max in early Madden games. The legend of Matt Mayak, 67. Mock. Oh, Matt Mock, 67 touchdown pass season. And 04 as a third stringer is still talked about to this day in my household. Granted, it's a household of one, but it still counts. (laughs) <laughs> Matt Mock, uh, Dennis now. Yes. Um, pretty uh, pretty interesting career arc for him. Stayed in Denver, though, so I respect him for that. Well, he'd Matt- already been accepted to dental school when the Broncos uh, drafted him. He wasn't expecting to be drafted. He thought he was going off to dental school, and then the Broncos picked him and uh, gave him a few years in the league, as it turned out. Uh, I think he bounced around. He was in Tennessee for a bit as well, but came back here. Uh, from LDJ, not a big fan of the Sam Martin thing with Colquitt was a free agency. It was a free agent, not understanding why we didn't just get him back. He's a beast. Isn't he like really old? Britton Colquitt. Yeah. He seems like he's yeah. been around forever. Yeah. Cause he came into the league back in, uh, back in what? Oh, nine, but, uh, Britton Colquitt or Dustin Colquitt is Britton Colquitt has, looks like he has three more years left on his deal. Didn't he, uh, just he, just, he just signed. He just re-signed with the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So he's thinking of uh, Dustin, the former punter for the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, I think, Britain, I think Col- Britain just signed like a couple of days right. ago. He's, oh, okay. Britain Colquitt just turned 35 too. But I think also with Britain Colquitt, 
if you are in a situation where you had a very good year and you're punting more than half of your games every year inside, because of course you have your home games in Minnesota and then you have one road game in Detroit. That's, that's an ideal scenario. Yeah. Uh, he goes on and says, man, whenever this shutdown is over, LA Matt Russell and Fangio deserve a standing ovation in the next press conference. Uh, that will not happen. <laughs> when, you lo- when you lose so many games, like by close margins, like we did, you evaluate what could have been different so far. Health was an issue on the defensive line. So you get health and an upgrade with Casey health was an issue in the secondary. So you get make health an incentive in your secondary's contract. Scoring was a huge issue in the red zone for years. So you get one of the best running backs in the red zone. QB play costs you games, so you get rid of Flacco and give Locke the keys. And you get an upgrade and a more durable guard in Glasgow. That leaves one issue that costs us so many games, the left tackle and lack of wide receiver, too. That's two issues. Writings on the wall where they uh, where we are going in the draft based on how Elway did free agency. Well done, Elway. No questions today. Just after the Sam Martin signing, I took a step back and saw how improved this team is in every way. Everything else will be done in the draft, but it wide receiver, but left tackle and wide receiver are still an issue. Oh, that's Zach just, giving a standing ovation. They're, yeah, there's a standing ovation at LDJ. Yeah, the only way Elway is getting and Matt Russell gets standing ovation next press conference is that there are a bunch of team employees in the room. And <laughs> Kind of well, like to get for a politician to get a standing ovation at the press conference, you got to have people who are working for the campaign because it's just not something that media does. Or what about? I think we could all agree to give him a standing ovation if he like finds a vaccine for coronavirus or something like that. Okay, I'll, yeah, that's that's a good point. I'll give him a standing ovation if he just shows up to a press conference on time. <laughs> yeah, we're on John's time. For Montana. Oh, go ahead. Still not as bad as Josh McDaniels was back in the day, though. Oh, gosh. McDaniels could be hours late. Especially on Thanksgiving, from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Really pleasant guy. (laughs) Next one for Montana Bronco. Hi, guys. Just three quick comments. One, favorite movie, Shawshank Redemption. Cool Hand Luke in Gangs of New York. Oh, and the original True Grit. I guess that'd be four movies. True Grit. True Grit. Yes, yes. I know that's four, but you can't leave out the Duke. Two. Don't forget Glenn Campbell, too. No, sure. Two, on the mispronunciation of names of towns. Oh, this again. This is not a town, but every time I hear it pronounced wrong, I want to scream. It's jalapeno. No, jalapeno. Especially when I hear it in commercials. You would think if you're going to use it to promote your burger, you would at least learn the pronunciation correct. How is it supposed to be pronounced? Jalapeno? I thought it was jalapeno. Yeah, I mean. Is it not? I would say that the Americanized pronunciation really isn't that far off from the real pronunciation. It's just it doesn't have the the uh, the same the, accent on it. Jalapeno. The tilde, right? Yes, <laughs> over the end. Pain. Yeah. End, yeah, yeah. Three for Mace. ICPFF says the Broncos should pick up Jameis Winston. Why? We already talked uh, about that. So yeah, that uh, notion needs to be fired into the sun, as RK would say. <laughs> Absolutely. From EP Bronco. Hey guys, just wanted to thank you because no matter the situation, you provide the best content. I wanted to ask: Has any of you ever ha- ever had menudo? That is the best hangover cure. Go Broncos. Uh, Why? Well, it sounds very very familiar. Yeah, well, I don't know what it is. It's a spicy Mexican soup made from tripe. Oh. Uh. Eh. Eh. tripe it loses me yeah it, the tripe loses me especially for a hangover cure I'll i, give it I a could try. Eat, I, I would eat it would you eat it for a hangover cure 
I'm talking like 10:45 a.m. I'm not. I'm not getting uh, creative with my hangover meals. <laughs> yeah, here. that that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, Bristol Bronco fan. I was doing some research about how the Broncos could add some speed to the team. One option seems to be Kalfani Muhammad. He has the second fastest 100 meters in California high school history at 10.22 seconds. His running with the ball looks like it needs some work, but the Broncos could use him as a tool in their offense as a third back. Do you guys know much about his speed? And you think there should be a place for him in the squad next year? Keep up the great work, boys. He did all right in that uh, Ocho Cinco um, sprint off that, that they had last summer. But he's a fast player, but he doesn't look as fast as his time speed indicates once he puts the pads on. That's just my observation on him. I am 1,000% on board with making him the third running back on this team. Uh, I think he's really explosive in the right situations. He's just not a great running back, but you can put him into situations where he can be successful. If you need your third running back to be a true running back, you're, you're pretty much hosed at at that point anyway. So I agree. I'm all for him. And he, he showed the first half of training camp last year was great for him. Uh, Preseason, the first half, he he was really showing out. So I'm all for it. Next one coming in from J Raider 14. Proud to say I'm officially a lifetime member of dnvr hey that's so dope so freaking cool you guys are amazing so it was an easy choice but i have to be honest andre and brandon pushed me to make the move seeing those two on twitter and how great they were at interacting with community sold me that is that is awesome thank you so much for riding with us forever now one football comment i have watched henry ruggs highlights mainly the just bomb productions about a hundred times and the all 22 tape of his senior year games twice. He is a perfect fit and I'd be elated if we traded up to grab him. I know you all like Judy more, but in my humble opinion, Ruggs would be a better pro. Uh, I disagree. I think they're both going to be really good. I think Jerry Judy is uh, almost an instant star, uh, but I think they're both going to be really good and I'd be happy with both of them. I just, I think Judy ends up having the better overall career. Yep, and I'm elated if you get either one of them. Final one here from Caleb Chihuha. While it's definitely not beneficial for Drew that this offseason is probably getting pushed back, how he handles it will be yet another green flag that he can handle adversity and is the franchise quarterback for us. In the past, Drew's done more than just preserve. He's thrived. Hopefully this is a buzzer beater. Thank you guys for everything. It was. Yeah, it was a buzzer beater, and I also think that uh, Drew will handle this final. It'll just be another thing to show that he can be the guy. Oh, wait, we got one that just got in under the wire here. From open your – I can't yell it because the mic is in a fixed position. 75, what are your thoughts on the NFL.com power rankings? Broncos ranked 25th, dropped from 18th after free agency. Kind of shocked. Thanks for keeping some sandy, sandy during this quarantine. Go Broncos, go EMVR. We addressed that earlier, so it's it, – it's crazy illogical. business. Nonsense. Blasphemy. Absolutely. All of those things. It's crazy. Uh, I, I really don't know how they came to that uh, conclusion, but you know what, uh, what the, the Broncos always say? Uh, they're rubber. The media is glue. Whatever they say bounces off of them and sticks to you. And that's because they work <laughs> with Denver Rubber Company to get the best quality product since 1972. Denver Rubber Company is a staple in the community. They've been around forever. So if you have anything 
that you need in the rubber world, make sure you hit them up at 1-800-259-0010 or call them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. They're awesome. They support us. We support them. And uh, we really appreciate them. So with that in mind, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow. It's getting-